Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 28, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's continue in part a discussion that we started yesterday. That's the first order of business, which is what's the daily chart of the S&P telling us? After we discuss that, we're going to move on to the expectations for early January. We're going to put it together with a likely story that you'll hear in the media. We'll do that in a few moments. First, let's get back to the daily chart. Yesterday we said, hey, look, They're making a bearish, flaggish kind of formation. Generally speaking, that's going to result in another move down. doesn't have to be all the way when you take into an account symmetry from here down to here. We don't have to right away get a move down all the way to test double bottom, yet the door is going to be open for that to happen at some point in time. Right now, We still have another number on the board, and you might want to get out your sticky notes. We have another number on the board we discussed a while ago. The market started to bounce. You stop discussing the number that's down below. However, as the market continues to trend lower, you have to reopen up the case for 371.50. A lot of stuff has to happen before they get down there. You have to breach the low from last week, 374.77. We don't know whether they will or won't before the end of the year, but keep in mind, this was always a bounce in a downtrend until the point in which they put in a decent low. Now, if they flip around and they start to rally tomorrow and Friday, obviously, inside the number members, tomorrow we'll have a beat on the information. Our best case scenario is, can they get back up to the 388, 389, 390 area? That's like best case for a rip-your-face-off rally with a piece of news that sparks the tape, try and finish on a good note into the end of the year. I'm not necessarily expecting that, but that can happen. Right now, the tape is telling us lower prices are coming, 374 and change, the low from the 22nd. That's essentially in play based on today's close. Look what they did today. Let's just look at it from a logical perspective. They tried to rally. It failed again. They finished not on but near the lows, not too far away from the recent lows. What's that telling you? It's not necessarily telling you it's a quick retest and a bounce out of there. That's not really what's happening. What's happening is they're below all the moving averages. The pressure is to the downside. There's too much selling pressure to muster a rally. Now, here's where we get into what's going to happen next and what you're likely going to hear from the media. You're already hearing some of it today. You're hearing tax loss selling. That's the current excuse for the selling. They don't need a current excuse, but they need to promote a story. Now, here's where we get into the first part of next year. Let's say the market comes down for another couple of days, maybe into the first day or so of the new year. Let's just say they get down to this zone right around 370, 371, 50 in that neighborhood. It's a give or take. It's a concept of what's likely happening. We don't know this to be a fact just yet, but watch out for this 
This isn't my first rodeo. I've seen this book before. Market sells off into the end of the year, give or take a day or so. New Year's here. Everybody says they've cleaned out their portfolios. The tax loss selling is over. They start to look for reasons why things are cheap, and those are air quotes. The market starts to bounce. Buying begets buying. A little bit of a squeeze occurs, and you start to rally into the first week or two or even week or two or three into the new year. What is that going to be called if it happens that way? A, it's going to be called a selling opportunity. Why do I even bring this up? Because there are some short-term cycles that are culminating right around the new year, give or take a day or so. So we're kind of in the zone. Now, with cycles, we don't know, nor can we project magnitude. The market could bounce, and a meager bounce at that, for a few days, and we could say, hey, the cycle found a low, the market stopped going down, went sideways, bounced up a little bit, and then after several days, a week or two, everything changes once again. This is a period of time, and again, I emphasize short-term cycle. Not looking for a monster rip-your-face-off rally here. So let's just map this thing out for a moment. So the market comes down, and it comes down to around 370. Now, I've given you the number, 371.50. That doesn't mean they can't spike the number. I give you the number. It doesn't mean that's where the market's going to stop short, but that's an important place where there will generally be a bull bear battle. But remember, a lot of these numbers, in fact, most of these numbers come from larger time frames. Therefore, from an intraday perspective, the bigger time frame doesn't give a damn what's going on intraday on Thursday or Friday or Monday or whatever it is. So you got to give these numbers from bigger time frames a little leeway. It takes some time. They shouldn't just blow right on through them, but they can spike them by a little bit, and they generally do. That's the way it works. Now, what else do we have down there? What we also have is a 618 retracement when you take the low from October, the recent high where we, and yes, I'm going to say it again, it's a shameless plug, we shorted the market for the lazy swing trader folks right there. That's right, right on that day, in that morning, on that spike. And yes, we're still short. And at least a portion of the position will be on until they find the good low. So what we have is that 618 retracement down here in that general area has nothing to do with the important number at 371.50. So if, in fact, they come into that within the next few days, we could expect a short-term bounce if the cycles culminate at a 618. You start to see how this works. The media will start to say all the sellers are finished. The tax loss selling is over. The portfolio clean-out operation is over. They'll start parading on portfolio managers who are going to tell you that they're buying the market or they just bought the market because it bottomed the day before they're on TV. They're going to cite cheap valuations. They'll make excuses why the market will go up and not down, and they'll pin it on Fed is going to save the day. They've got inflation under control. They got out in front of the problem, which they didn't, but they'll say it anyway. They'll have seven to ten reasons why the market is going to go up and not down, and we should see 
a better year in 2023 than we saw in 2022. And by the way, that may be true, but let's get the low in place before we decide where that low is and what kind of year we can have. So what am I looking for, net-net? We're looking for a bounce after the new year. That's what we're looking for, just a bounce and a downtrend, same as all the others. Inside the numbers today, we had the morning commentary. We had one stock on the move. As you know by now, it's a pseudo-vacation week for me. Everything's in here like it is every other day. I'm going to let you read the whole thing, pause the video, read the notes, the whole nine yards. The zone between 383 and 383.40 is still overhead resistance. Now, this was on the board at zero dark 30. We think better in pictures. Here's a five-minute chart right at the vertical is today's activity. High of day is exactly what? 383.39 against 383.40. And they never looked back. And here's what was said here. The zone between 383 and 383.40 is still overhead resistance until it's not. That means they have to prove it. They have to prove that they can close candles above in order to tack on or begin the next leg higher. And here what we say is, again, they have to get over that to make anything happen that resembles a rally. The other thing is, if they can't, they'll fall back again. Now, we had some support numbers in here and whatnot. Again, pause the video. Read the notes. If you're interested, you'll go back to the chart and you'll double-check the work. You don't need to babysit the notes today. The one and lone stock on the move was LUV, Southwest Airlines. Might as well take a look at the chart on that one. Yep, you guessed it. Getting a little bit of a haircut at the open. They cancel more flights, so the stock goes down. 33.10 was the number posted at zero dark 30. They come into it. They bounce up. The high over here was 33.59. So in scalp land, from a day trading perspective, that's more than the minimum required base hit. And that works, especially when there's A, only one on the board, B, it's a holiday week, there's not a lot of participation in the market. Again, stuff can move, but the participation is less than desirable. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, let's check it out. So the low from the other day was 170.67. What's the closing price today? 170.53. No accidents, nor coincidences. They closed below that low. That is a bearish sign for lower prices. Same routine as the SPY. They're making a bearish pattern. They're starting to break down. Can they have a quick rescue operation? Maybe, but what's the next number down? Well, the next thing down of consequence is this breakup candle low, 168.19. We'll call it 169 down to 168 is the next spot where they'll likely to find some support and a bull bear battle around that place. That's what it looks like on the board with the lines on the screen. Get out your sticky pads. 168.85, I just put it in arbitrary in that zone. Down below, if they decided to absolutely flush the tape and they were breaking a lot, that's a just-in-caser number, 164.45, give or take. I'm not saying that is going to happen. I'm just saying there's something down there that makes a lot of sense. It'll come into play at some point. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine, only different. They have yet to challenge or break the lows from the 22nd, but the chart looks the same as the S&P, looks the same as the IWM. 
They all look the same. They just don't look exactly the same. Different magnitudes, different down, different up, different days, all that stuff. But the concept of what's going on is the same. They're below all the moving averages. That's a negative thing, obviously. Are they going to close? This is the weekly chart below last week's low. It's possible. We'll know in a couple of days. There's nothing bullish on this chart. Doesn't mean they can't flip them around in a rescue operation, all that stuff. But there's nothing bullish on the chart, period. Remember, when you look at the big picture, you have a high, you have a lower high, you have a lower high, you have a lower high. There's a trend. There's a theme going on. How about the Q people? This chart looks like duty. When you flip over to the weekly version, what are they doing? They're giving up the breakup candle low. You have a couple of other pivots here, but how much is this going to hold? Is it going to hold? 254.26, the low from October. We're already in the QQQ at October's lows or close enough to October's lows where they're in play. We're nowhere near that in the S&P. They're selling tech. Anybody think this monthly chart will be bearish if they close A, below the 50-period moving average, which they've tried to recapture two times over the last two months? If they fail here, what is actually going on? I think it's a pretty good signal that there's something south side going on, not rescue operation going on. It was always a bounce and a downtrend. Is the QQQ chart giving us a window into the near future? About the financials, what are they doing? They're making their own bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of deal going on. They haven't broke down yet, so there's a glimmer of hope there. They could rally up to the top side. They could try and break out. They will generally run into overhead resistance right around the convergence of these moving averages. Right above is a gap. So you could say this area right here, we'll call it 3460, give or take, whatever that is. That's going to be an important spot should they rally the tape, should they rally the XLF, the financial market. What about Smash Mouth? Melting away still below the low from the 22nd. So you can see the tech stuff is weak and the SMH or the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, also known as Smash Mouth, is a good proxy for the tech space and you can see the weakness. No change, same routine. Get out your sticky notes. Put one for the SMH or Smash Mouth at 189 and a quarter. When they get there, that number is going to be uber important. Whenever they get there. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.